Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. Thank you so much for listening to our program here as we talk about investing finance and retirement. Mike is a financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation, serving the Carolinas right there in, uh, well, his office is in Colfax off of Marshall Smith Road. And if you want to find the team online, you can check them out at spcinvesting.com. That's S as in Sam, P as in Paul, C as in Charlie, investing.com. You can also make sure while you're there, you, uh, you click on the link. You can subscribe to our podcast, listen to us, follow along, be able to check out past episodes. This is only episode number two or three, I think. So not too many past ones to check into yet, but we're going to have more as we go. So make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, Spotify, on and on and on. And of course, as always, we say, if you have any questions or concerns before you take any action, please check with a qualified professional. And if you need to call Mike right away, that's 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. And Mike, my friend, welcome in. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Should we let the listeners in on our little um, interesting escapade trying to tape our (laughs) podcast today? Uh, wow. Technology yeah. was not our friend today, was it? It wasn't. We tried all kinds of ways <laughs> to connect and uh, from microphone to headphone to all kinds of issues. But hey, it's there and we're, we're ready working. to roll and things are good. That's right. Exactly. So technology is your friend until it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But hey, listen, we got an email question actually right off of our first show, which was pretty oh, cool. Great. And so I was pretty excited about that. So I wanted to ask you this question that came through. It says, I would be interested in hearing more about what sorts of things one should factor in to determining the right types of life insurance policies or, you know, policy to buy. Up to this point, due to, you know, different things and different information, the person says they've only ever considered term life insurance. But I have a suspicion that I should also entertain other options. So it's kind of a complicated question there, Mike, but what do you think? Yeah, it is a good question, and it um, brings in a lot of different factors like he's asked about. I think you know the number one thing that most people forget when they're dealing with a salesman, say as an example on, on life insurance, okay. is that you need to get the amount of insurance that you need in order to protect your circumstances. It's not a matter of you know what's the hottest policy or the type of coverage or that sort of thing. The main thing off the bat is figure out what's the amount of insurance coverage you need. And and there are lots of reasons to buy insurance. For example, if you have a mortgage on your house or even if you're renting, you've got to pay some rent. And so figure out what it's going to take to be able to do that, either pay off a mortgage or continue to pay rent over time. Or if you are renting, maybe to buy a home if the breadwinner's income stopped due to death in this circumstance. So you've got those kind of things, educating children, continuing income in addition to or in place of social security benefits that may or may not be available at the time a death were to occur. So you look at all that stuff and you figure out, all right, what's the dollar amount of coverage I need? Then you can start looking at types of insurance to determine what's the cost to do that. I tend to favor myself term insurance. And the reason I do is I want people to really focus on what's going to happen in their life more likely than not, is that they're going to reach retirement age and they're going to need money to live on. So I want them to be putting money aside 
to do that, and I want them to do it as efficiently as they can. And when you look at markets, if you allocate your assets properly for the risk you're comfortable with over time, you should be able to do something in the in the range of 9% long-term on investments if you're fairly comfortable with risk. Given that, when you compare it to buying like traditional whole life insurance that pays dividends and that sort of thing, or universal life insurance, or even variable universal life insurance, your returns, just because of the structure of the contracts, don't necessarily allow for as high a rate of return as what you can get just straight in the market. And then you go and you buy term, uh, after you've made your investments, you go and buy the term insurance that you need to cover that. And then as you age and you accumulate this additional money, you're able to drop off some of the insurance if you don't need it any longer. Now that's one approach. And a lot of times agents will call that buy term invest the difference. And a lot of their argument against that is most people buy the term, they don't invest the difference. And so that's where we're a little bit different. We really focus on getting that difference invested. That's our primary focus. And then the insurance is there just in case we don't accomplish it. We don't have the time to accomplish that. But I do want to talk a little bit about more permanent types of insurance because there is some comfort that can be had in having that. It's sort of like this. You can buy a house and have a mortgage on the house and you've got a place to live. But there is a ton of comfort in paying off that mortgage. Might not be the most, quote, brilliant professional idea of how to take advantage of the tax laws by being able to deduct interest on a mortgage and all that kind of stuff. But there is a lot of security in having a place to live paid for. And so when you think about insurance and you shift that concept there, you think in terms of, well, it would be nice to have something paid up forever because it's cheaper than paying a hundred cents on the dollar to buy life insurance. You're never going to pay a hundred cents out for the dollars that you get at the time of a death. And so to have something that's going to be there like that long-term, it can be comfortable. I just don't see a lot of people needing to buy all of their insurance need in permanent insurance for number one is very expensive. Now we can shift again and we can talk about a concept that a lot of people like called banking on yourself, where you buy traditional whole life insurance that has dividends and it creates a profit center. But again, the rates of return are not going to approach what the market has. So that's kind of how I look at it. But I do like the idea. I I personally own, it's originally was a $250,000 traditional whole life policy that I bought in 1988, 31 years ago. And um, it's got a whole lot of cash value in it. I don't have to pay premiums anymore. The dividend covers that. And so I've got a paid up policy that's gonna be there and and it's actually worth, I think around 300 and some odd thousand now with the additional dividend account. So it's a lot of personal preference, but I think that it's something that should be examined and not just say, we're going to buy term or we're going to buy whole life or some other form of permanent life insurance. Let's examine each situation and determine what makes sense for you because it it involves a, a risk assessment as well as a need assessment. 
Well, certainly a great question and a lot of information when it comes to dealing with the different types of life insurance and all the things that facet into that. And I think I forgot to mention the person's name. So Calvin, thank you for submitting that question. We certainly appreciate it here on the podcast, Strategic Planning. Uh, If you've got some questions or concerns, well, you know, in order to really dive in, have that further conversation with Mike, everybody's situation is different and how the right insurance policy is going to work for you and how it's going to fit into your overall retirement plan is certainly something you need to discuss one-on-one. But here on the podcast, we try to give out some, hopefully, some useful information to think about. And we've got one more email question. I think we can do that, and that'll be our podcast for this week. And it's from Mary. And Mary says, uh, Mike, I'm really worried about rolling over my 401k because I'm afraid that I'm going to do something wrong and create a tax bill for myself. She wants mm. to know how difficult is this process really? Great question, Mary. Yeah, it's, it's not difficult if you know what you're doing, obviously. And I have seen people that have done things trying to save money or save uh, having to talk with someone and made a mistake. And it's a lot of times it's irreversible. So glad you asked the question. Glad you sought out advice from someone that's done this sort of thing. And that's what you always want to do. Don't do something, then try and find out if it was right. Get the help first. Oh, yeah. A lot of times, Mike, is it the timetable that messes people up? Yes. Usually it is the timetable, quite frankly. But there are other things that people do that cause problems. Like, for instance, they'll go ahead and fill out the paperwork or make a phone call if that's how your particular custodian provides for you to get your money out. And on the paperwork, they might initially start with getting the money and then decide, well, I think I'd like to roll it over. Well, if you have your 401k provider pay out the money to you, then they are going to withhold 20% for federal income taxes. So you're going to get 80% of your balance. If you then decide within the time limits to roll that over to an IRA account or into another employer's plan, you're going to only have 80% of the money to roll over. You've got to get that other 20% from somewhere or else you're not going to be able to roll that 20% over and you're going to have a tax liability there. So you want to get some guidance in doing that right up front. So you do the right thing from the get-go. You can't change your mind and get that 20% refunded to you to be able to roll over. <laughs> right. Yeah. The IRS, once they get their hands on your money, yeah, they they're not, not real good go about that, are they? <laughs> they are not. Uh, but the big thing is, if you were even to tell your custodian that you're going to roll it over, a lot of them like to make the check out to you, or actually they like to make it out to your custodian, your new custodian but mail it to you. You've got to get that in within 60 days. If you don't, then you're going to be penalized if you're under 59 and a half in doing this. If you're over 59 and a half, you're not going to be penalized. But in both cases, under or over 59 and a half, you're going to include that in your income. And again, the IRS is not real forgiving on missing the deadline. And the deadline is, and you should remember this, It is not two months. It is 60 days exactly. So if you're in a 31-day month and another, you know, you're just going by the day date of the month in which the check was issued, Mm -hmm. not when you received it, but when it was issued, you have 60 days from that date that it was issued to get the money into the next account, not mailed to the next account, but it's got to be in it. So there are just some... T's to cross and I's to dot, 
get some help. Absolutely. That's my biggest advice. Well, great questions this week here on the podcast. We appreciate them. This is Strategic Planning. We're going to sign off for this week with Mike, but if you've got questions or concerns, you need some help, reach out to him a couple of ways. Go to spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com or call him at 336-668-4338. That is 336-668-4338. And as always, I like to mention, make sure you follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found, you will be able to find us there. Check us out online. You'll see the links for all of that good stuff. And Mike, thanks for your time, buddy. And uh, hopefully when we talk again the next time for the podcast, technology will be our friend. That is my hope too, Mark. Thanks. I hope you have a great day. Absolutely. You as well. We'll see you next time here on Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.